It's car con carne. Carcon Carne, Carcon Carne in quarantine. It's quarantine con carne. I'm James Van Ossel. And before we begin, I do want to mention that Carcon Carne is sponsored tonight by Siren Records McHenry, now offering curbside pickup and online ordering. You can check out their new website, sirenrecordsmchenry.com. So if you're in a band, if you own a label, if you want to get your product in a store, you can message them on social media or just call the store. Siren Records McHenry, always looking to support local music, as am I. Carcon Carne also sponsored tonight by C&H Financial Services. As my tour de force of Chicago breweries continues, stopping tonight at Haymarket. Haymarket Brewing, uh, locally known at 737 West Randolph, haymarketbrewing.com. I have the Director of Fermentation, Pete Crowley, with us. I have the Director of Operations, Mike. Um, Mike Gemma? Gemma. Gemma. Uh, and then Jay and Sam, who are collaborators on 83 Honey Pale Ale from Haymarket. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on a Friday night. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. I, I guess let's just start. I, every brewery I talk to, I, I'm starting with the basic. I, I don't want to bury the lead. As life is slowly sliding back into something that resembles normal, where can they get Haymarket beer? Curbside at the, at the Chicago location, liquor stores? Always best at the source, right? Uh, you, you can always pop down and see us, and uh, we got – we got fresh beer for you here at 737 West Randolph in the West Loop. Uh, we're doing curbside pickup to go uh, and delivery service as of right now. Um, and hoping that you can enjoy our patio here come Tuesday next week. What, what's that big tank behind you? What, what you got brewing in there? Uh, nothing as of yet, unfortunately. Um, but we're, I, I'm, I'm in the brew house right now. I didn't think it was hot enough outside, so I... <laughs> Yeah. I, I want to talk about Haymarket history because uh, we're you know 10 years running with Haymarket. But Jay and Sam specifically, since you guys are here, 83 Honey Pale Ale, let's start there. And I, I guess starting with the fact that diversity really doesn't exist or isn't that prominent in craft brewing. And Pete, I'll let you kind of take the ball from there. And also, you know, Jay and Sam chime in too. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I'd like, yeah, I'd like Jay or, or Sam to start with, uh, you know, their interest in, 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 in why they approached us and, and how the, uh, the project came together. And, and, uh, and obviously, it's uh, meaning a whole lot more uh, today than it did even a month ago. So. Yeah, very, very true. Um, well, when this project was brought to me by a mutual friend of uh, both myself and Haymarket, um, the plan was to basically shine a spotlight on the lack of diversity, both in craft beer and in the service industry in Chicago, as there are only nine African-American liquor licensees that are current in the city of Chicago. So that was a big tipping point for the person that introduced me to the Haymarket team. Now, mind you, I was familiar with the Haymarket team from my days bartending at DC Lounge and uh, serving those guys their own beers and whatnot. But what we wanted to do was basically have a celebration of craft beer, but also highlight the inconsistencies and a lack of inclusion in both the service industry and craft beer. It's so hard for uh, minorities and women to get into this game. This game is predominantly white male driven 
And we really wanted to shine a light on that and try to send a message that, you know, we were trying to include more people. So who approached who first? Was it you two guys approaching Haymarket or was it Haymarket saying, hey, a why mutual why'd you guys friend, mess around at our place? A mutual friend who runs the uh, Chicago Bar's Twitter feed, he approached me and basically said that Haymarket wanted to put this project together. And while we're having that conversation at my other job, I'm literally like, I need to get in contact with Brother Sam, which is how he became involved in it. So so you guys are obviously huge beer fans. You guys know your way in and around beer. Had you had aspirations before this? To, did you think, okay, we're going to find a way to make this happen? Or was it just kind of perfect storm? Everything kind of came together all at once and you had a way to just kind of manifest your interest? I myself, this is, I, this is what I got into it to do. I never aspired to be a bartender. I got into it to be involved in the making of craft beer. Got it. Luckily, I met Sam, and Sam had already had his foot in the door, which is why I wanted to bring him in on this as well. And I'll give it to Sam from there. Yeah, I basically was uh, brewing at a small place. So I had a, a, a small opportunity, a great opportunity. But what Haymarket gave me was an opportunity to create a beer of our own, not just follow someone's directions, but come in, write a recipe, tell what ingredients we thought we, did, we, uh, we wanted. And Mike and Frank and, and Eric, they just they gave us an opportunity to, uh, like we had discussed before, I was working on a Chevy Cobalt, and uh, Pete gave us the opportunity to brew on a Corvette. <laughs> so uh, talk a little bit about the beer you created talk about 83 honey pale ale this is something this was your vision tell me tell me about the flavor tell me about the goal going into it and uh and where where the honey came from as well we got to cover that all right uh well what we wanted to do is we wanted to again to send a message of inclusion so we wanted to make something approachable for the beer novice but something that you know, those well-versed in beer could grab onto as well. So when we first discussed it, Sam and Sam approached me and he was like, we should do a honey. Ale. There are no honey ales out right now. And of course we approached Haymarket with the honey ale idea and it just, it just took off from there. So in uh, making that honey ale, which is 5.3 uh, ABV, like I said, very easy drinking. Uh, definitely has a lot of the floral notes that comes for the honey without being overly sweet. Uh, speaking directly to the honey, we were able to partner with uh, a social initiative out in the North Lawndale neighborhood on the uh, west side of Chicago called uh, Sweet Beginnings through their uh, Be Love Honey label. And what Sweet Beginnings does is it helps to transition those who have been uh, recently released from incarceration and get them back assimilated into the workforce, not just into society, the workforce as well. So that in and of itself was something that, you know, again, preaching that message of inclusion. So that was a big deal for us. I love that. I love that you're leaning on the community to help build this beer. That's so cool. So now that this beer is out, what, what's the next beer you're going to do? Well, I think the first step is to get open which is uh, slowly happening. Uh, so we have a place for you to come enjoy the beer. 
um, and then uh, we very much want to do a, do a second round. Uh, I think um, before we have details on that, we want to enjoy this collaboration. And we've talked about, uh, uh, I believe Sam and Mike talked about possibly doing an event here sooner than later where uh, the sales of the beer can go to uh, a charity of, of uh, you know, their choice and, and to just try and do something powerful with the beer. Um, like I said, we wanted to do this a month, and, a month ago, but now it is even more important and, and uh, much more important that we all get together and, and do something uh, positive with, with our collaboration. So knowing that the craft beer industry still lacks inclusion and diversity is still an issue, it seems to me that this is an industry that's everyone's kind of part of the same community, but still independent islands operating. How do you coalesce all these brewers to be more focused and mindful and inclusive moving forward? How, how do you lead that charge or how do you spark that, that change? Well, personally, I believe you got to put good product in their hands. Nobody wants to hear you got to say if you're not making good product. So that's the first step. Fair. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, the, the next part is getting them to, getting the community to, to understand that it's possible uh, to kind of show the way forward. And it's little steps uh, combined that will make a bigger impact. So, you know, as Pete was alluding to, we had initially uh, tried to, to make this release of the Herald's 83 Honey Ale um, be in conjunction with a panel discussion on diversity in craft beer. And we wanted to host that in our back bar here at 737 West Randolph. And then the COVID shutdown hit and we couldn't do that. So we pivoted as quickly as possible and we did it virtually and we got a great response as far as attendance is concerned. And I thought it went really well, um, but it was just a conversation, right? And, and that was a good first step, but really truly what the nature of this project is is how do we take the conversation, how do we take a project like this and make it actionable? How do we affect change? So if, if by starting a conversation, if by brewing a beer, we can show that it takes these little steps to get to the next bigger step, then there we go. And it, it might take time, but these are the, the first steps. So, okay, Jay and Sam, you tried to, when the beer was done, came out, came out of the tank, it was ready to go. What did you think when you had your first sip? Was that a cool feeling? I felt like a dream. It felt like a dream come true. That's awesome. Because uh, you had to wait, no, right? No you had to wait was to, I wait cleaning parts. Yeah, yeah, the honey got, was so, came through so good. <laughs> I, I got to say that uh, uh, I wasn't, I had no doubts in the quality and the recipe and, and the finished product, but I was still pleasantly surprised at how delicious it was when I got that first, first sip. And, uh, when we did the, uh, uh, the, the first zoom call with the release, I think I, I brought a growler over to Michigan. I was sitting on my couch. I think I drank the whole growler 
I don't really don't think I recall the end of the Zoom call, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> fun night. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, now we'll get back to Jane Sam or Jane Sam chime in as as needed. I, I want to put Haymarket in perspective because as we're talking about inclusion and diversity in this a uh, week when the only thing really we should be talking about is Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about the birth of Haymarket. You are your beer's name stems from a historic moment in Chicago history. You're at a sh- historic location in Chicago, the site of the Haymarket Affair of 1886. It's a heavy thing to build a beer brand on. It, it is. And, uh, and what we built the beer brand on, uh, the historical events of 1886 and what was going on at that time, though vastly different uh, of what is occurring now, uh, still the same movement that needed to occur and a very powerful movement at the time. And we, we really built this brand about inclusion and the working person. We wanted everyone to be able to come to our tap room and our brewery, uh, no matter how they looked or how they're dressed or what they believe in and enjoy a pint. And that's what we built our business on. And, um, I think that, uh, now it's, it's more important than ever to understand that if, if, we can't all enjoy a pint uh, anywhere together and get along and all bring each other up to a higher level and a higher standard of living. And I can get into a lot of other political things, but uh, then, then, you know, we have a lot, we have a lot of work to do in that regard. And that is uh, what uh, the Haymarket brand was built on. And uh, we are, uh, though we've been uh, a tad quiet, uh, in the beginning of, of what's been occurring in the last few weeks, because uh, we are collecting our own thoughts and and we're all dealing with it in our own way. And we also want to be able to um, relay a message of how we feel about everything that's occurring in a in a positive and a and professional and a in a serious manner. Um, but it is a very similar time than 1886, and uh, it's it's unfortunate that. We're so many years into this uh, this country, and we're still seeing uh, the the you know the disparity and the inequality that's occurring. So, so you launched Haymarket in 2010. That's correct. Uh, Christmas Eve, because everyone wants to go out to bars on Christmas Eve. Perfect time, yeah. Perfect, perfect night, yeah. So that neighborhood's changed a little bit since you opened. Yeah, I mean, historically, that neighborhood was actually uh, uh, pretty run down. Uh, the term Skid Row actually was developed to describe Halstead Street right down, right down the street from us. Uh, the back of the yards was over there uh, where all the cattle mm-hmm. smelled great. And, and, and then where our row is was where a lot of the goods and services of the, of the time came in, whether it was shoes or vegetables or, or whatever. Um, so that neighborhood meant a lot to the whole city. Um, for positive and negative reasons. And, uh, and historically, um, just that that's where, you know, the workers and, and the people that wanted, uh, equal rights, um, uh, better pay, shorter hours, um, et cetera, uh, in the, in the working environment, uh, would gather and they would, they would talk and, and say their views and, and, and try and get their message across. And, uh, mm-hmm. 
it was uh, the Haymarket Square was where everyone would go. And even on the, the May 4th, 1886, I think there was thousands of people gathered around the, uh, around the speakers um, listening and, and, and coming together as a community to try and make things, make things better. So, so as the place evolved, I, I got to say, I've been there a bunch of times. The food there is awesome. You, you guys take care to produce awesome food there. Okay. I, I, come, I come back just for the tater tots. Well, we, we've always, right. since, um, since our, uh, we first sat down with a bar napkin and came up with our concept of, of what Haymarket Pub and Brewery was going to be, it was to take the, the, the food quality and the beer quality and the level of, of service and customer interaction all to the same high level. And um, I think we, we've been able to do that since day one. And if you don't like beer, you're going to have a great meal. If you don't, you're not there for the food, you're going to have a great beer. And, and either way, the, the staff is just, we, we really focus on friendly, fun environment. And um, I mean, when we first hired, uh, we didn't care what your resume said. We just wanted to talk to you and see how fun and, and interactive and happy of a person you were. And that's how we hired you. So I love that. We didn't look, at, you, you, we you didn't can... look, we didn't look at anyone's experience. We we're like, Oh yeah, you've been a bar manager 15 years whatever. You sound like you seem like you're kind of a jerk next. <laughs> Cause you can teach the rest. Right. If you're not exactly a good right. person or, or a congenial friendly person, it's not going to work. It's the same thing. I, I tell people about radio. You don't need to have a complicated audio engineering background or long radio history. Can you carry a conversation? Are you interesting? Great. You can learn the other stuff later. It, it's kind of like the service industry broadcasting. So what's interesting to me, Jay and Sam found the only type of beer that's not currently on your menu. As I look at what Haymarket offers, I mean, the variety you offer. Every time I walk in there, I, I visit my friend Mike. He's like, oh, check this out. You should try this. I just, it, it's almost overwhelming, the, the varieties of beer you have there. Um, is Speaker's Wagon kind of a go-to for summer? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think our, our main summer beer is our Blood Orange Blonde, um, which we've been blowing through. We're out of it here again at the tap room. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold back on getting a growler of the honey ale uh, in the summer, especially for a, a campfire or a cookout. If you got your grill going, because it is, it is flavorful. It's not a heavy beer. Um, but I mean, yeah, our, our most popular everyday beers will be the Speaker's Wagon Pills. Um, the Blood Orange has, uh, has become the summer favorite. Um, and then uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, year-round now um, cans we've been doing. Uh, the one in Mike's hand, uh, Chicago Tavern Beer which is um, a fancy old style. It's how I like to say it. I'm probably going to get a, a cease and desist on that one, which I would frame and put on my wall. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and then um, our hazy, lazy uh, IPA, which is not hazy. That's why we call it lazy because we're making fun of all the hazy beers. Um, and th those have been going really well. So we do have a, a, a good variety, a good lineup of, of, of summery beers, but um but uh, I don't know if uh, James, if you had, if you had the honey ale, have you been able to get a growler? I have not. I need, I need to come to the uh, West Loop. Shame. I know. Shame. Well, the past couple months have been a little challenging. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I will make it over there. I do want to try it. I, I want to support for sure. Uh, would you say that my first rodeo is not the beer to take to a campfire, or to start a campfire with? You might be able to start a campfire with. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, Mike? Which is the base style on that one? That's one of Eric's beers. Is that the quad? 
Yeah, the quad. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big one. Um, yeah, just uh, with the with the whole uh, shutdown and everything too, it's been it's been tough because a lot of the the beers we normally would have on tap, we haven't been able to either produce or or get on tap because we have so much of the beer from the winter that didn't get consumed as normal. Right. So uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of levels and a lot of layers to this uh, this this close down and and what it's done to everything from everyone's employment uh, all the way to, to all of our, all of our ingredients, all of our, our tanks full of beer and our brewing schedule and, and, and what, you know, what we're going to focus on. I mean, we, we, I don't even know the number, Mike, but, uh, but we, we canceled like three or four different releases for this year because the, there's no place to sell it and there's, there's no shelf space and, you know, there's no place to drink it. Places are opening up, but they're opening up slowly and, so we don't want to make full tanks of summer, summer fruity fun beers, and then it just there's nowhere to nowhere to send it. So. Yeah, I, I'd say even too with the Harold's 83 Honey Ale, where our original intention was to get uh, a portion of this batch brewed here in the, the Chicago Brew Pub out to uh, black-owned bars and, uh, and out into the neighborhoods to raise more awareness uh, about the project itself. And with the shutdown, we weren't able to do that. So we've got uh, we've got a bit of beer to share with everybody, and we're, <laughs> we're getting open to, to get it out. Uh, it seems like Porter's having a moment. Talk to me about what you guys have. I, I, I just... Hopefully those motorcycles aren't too loud. Uh, I disagree that Porter's having a moment. I think Porter's always had a moment. I think it's uh, one of those beer styles that has been around for a long time. And, and uh, you know, maybe you don't see it on tap all the time, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a popular craft beer style. And, um, but uh, we do have a Baltic Porter that we've come out with. It is uh, about as strong as the, uh, the quad um, over here that's been wildly popular. Um, but I, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest new, I hate to say new, uh, is, is really lagers. I mean, there's been a lager breweries popping up. There's been a lot of people that have always made a lager. I've made a Pilsner for over 20 years. Uh, and I love my Pilsner. We'd already talked about it. But you're, if you even come into our tap room right now, you're going to see Baltic Quarter, which is a lager, Doppelbox lager, Mybox lager, Pilsner lager, Tavern Beer, which is Dortmunder lager, uh, try not to suck, which is a Hellas lager, and then speaker's wagon. So we've got like I don't even know how many that was, Mike. Was that seven? I lost count. Um, and I, the the general consumer might not even know the difference between an ale and a lager, but they're drawn to these lagers just because of the flavor profiles and mm-hmm. and and the complexity, and but also the crispness and 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 you know they're super traditional, very old styles that have that still ring true today. So. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but James, it's your call. So you asked if I'd had the honey pale L and I said I hadn't cause you know, it's been a challenging couple months just to leave the house. Have you had regulars who've been able to come by and support you through this? I mean, what, what, what have the past couple months been like for you guys? Yeah, it's, um, it's been very interesting for sure as far as the uh the flow that we were used to uh versus the 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 new flow for the interim period um we 
it's been pretty cool to reconnect with regulars in the neighborhood that we otherwise would have only had a, a hello across the bar. Um, you know, we, we take the extra few minutes to, to catch up and see how everybody is doing uh, and get to know each other a, a little bit longer without lingering too long for social distancing uh, practices. But um, I, I, I gotta say, like, it, it's been really fun to watch what people gravitate towards in this period of time because you're a little bit more focused on uh, what what they're ordering. And um, Harold's 83 has been uh, top three ever since uh, it came on tap. And I don't want to lose the script on that. Harold's 83 Honey Pale L, part of this diversity initiative so needed in this industry. No better time than the present to be talking about this. Black Lives Matter, can't say that enough right now. Um, so, Jay and Sam, for people who haven't tried this, if you want to, here's your chance to, to pitch them on what makes your beer awesome. Why Talk to them, Sam. Oh, Harold's 83 Honey Ale is a Chicago flavor on your tongue. It's the sweet to the salty. It's the, uh, it's the taste of, uh, it's a true pub beer. So it's not a, a guzzler. So it's made to be appreciated with food. It's appreciated to be made with good pub food to sit down and talk about, have conversations about Cubs or Sox, uh, politics, whatever. Just sit down and have a conversation with somebody next to you and, um, and say, hey, this is a craft beer. And that's how the conversation starts. So that's, uh, that's what uh, Harold 83 is. It's the, it's the sweet to the salty. So they're good with tater tots is what you're telling me. Them sweet potato tater tots, fat, bro. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. So Harold's 83 is available now. Get it. Try it. Support these guys. Support this initiative. Haymarket Brewing, 737 West Randolph, right just west of uh, the expressway right there, Randolph and Halstead. I love this place. I love the beer. I love the food. Keep supporting them. I want to thank all of you for your time on a Friday night. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks guys. for having me. Thank you. And I'm going to stop Thanks the Facebook. Everybody. Before I stop the Facebook live, I do want to thank a couple of people for watching. Daryl, Brady, Mike, Lauren, Stephanie, Gil, Jeff, Dennis, Christy, Mike, Shanzi, Jeff, David, Jane, Gina, Scott, Jeff, Giorgio, Tom, Natalie, Mike, a lot of people checking in tonight. Much appreciated. So I'm going to stop the Facebook live. And thank you, guys. I thought that went well. Sweet. Thank you, guys. I Much agree. Good times.